This episode is sponsored by Hulu. The reality queen herself, Lisa Vanderpump, has a new home on Hulu and has teamed up with them to bring you the newest, most exciting reality series yet, Vanderpump Villa. In an escape to the French countryside, Lisa and her staff work, live, and play together 24-7 while dealing with rivalry, romance, and misadventures. The series offers first-class luxury with world-class drama. Watch new episodes of Vanderpump Villa every Monday, now on Hulu. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry? Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. I have so much to cover before we get to our guest. That was the Vanderpump Rules theme song. Now, usually I play a mashup to get you pumped up, to get you started with this show, but I gotta play that damn Dina Deadly song, which is called Raise uh, Raise Your Glass, which is the Vanderpump Rules theme song, and it gets you pumped up. It gets you fired up because... Today, tonight, folks, is the season nine premiere of Vanderpump Rules on Bravo. We have made it. The drought of Vanderpump Rules ends tonight. Um, and I got to tell you, I'm excited. I really am excited. I'm nervous. I'll tell you that much. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm nervous. But I have talked to a lot of people who have seen the show. 
uh, the first episode, at least, uh, including today's guest, and they say it's really good. They say it's really good, and it ends really good. So I'm going to say it's really good. I'm going to already put out my review. It's really good. No, but I'm just really excited. You know, when you, you haven't seen your friends for a long time, you know, like, you, you know, you, you leave junior high and then you have your summer break, but our summer break lasted like two years. But now we're coming back to senior year and we get to see all our friends again. That's what this feels like. So I'm trying to get everybody pumped up because I got to tell you, I'm pumped up. I'm going to make my parents watch it with me, of course, because... As I told you on Monday's episode, if you did not listen, I have traveled, made the sojourn to Arizona, um, <laughs> made the sojourn to Arizona, and then we fly to Florida tomorrow. It's just me and my folks, our romantic getaway, if you will. And I found this nugget of information out uh, today. My mom goes, um, "Okay, we'll 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 see you see you tonight in Arizona." I'm like, "Yeah," and she goes, "Oh, by the way, you're not gonna like this." And I go, "What?" And she goes. The flight tomorrow for Florida, it takes off at 6 a.m. And I go, what? And and she goes, and you know your dad. And I knew exactly what she meant by that. My dad likes to get to the airport two hours early for some reason. I don't know why. Like, I feel like he, like, checks in with the pilots. I don't know what he does. But he all like, even when he drops me off at the airport, like, when I visit, and I, you know, he'll he'll drop me off like two hours early. I'm, I'm whispering because I don't know if they can hear. I don't want to hurt their feelings. But so we're getting up at 3.30 in the morning. Like right now it is 8.10 p.m. on a Monday night. We're getting up at 3.30 a.m. to get to the airport by 4. And then our plane takes off at 6. What the hell's going on? Like what are we doing? And then get this. My mom didn't book a direct flight. And I know I come off like a whiny baby, but that's fine. I'm a I'm an 18 year old. I can do that, um, and I'm traveling with my parents still. So, so you guys, we 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 have a layover, uh, I think in Chicago for a couple hours, and then we fly to Tampa, and then we have to get a rental car and then drive to Clearwater, and so we can check into the Airbnb. And then I got really scared, and I said, "Oh my God, Mom, did you?" Are you making me sleep in a bunk bed again? Because that's where I was the last time. And it, it's just not good for my back. And she goes, no, your room has two queen beds. And I'm like, I'm only one person. Why do we need two queen beds? You know what I'm saying? Anyways, very excited for our day of travel. So I got to get this. Usually I work much later, but I got to get this out. Uh, today, folks, uh, we got we got a legend in terms of reality. We got Lala Kent. Lala Kent from Vanderpump Rules. She plays the character of Lala Kent. You might know her from her podcast, Give Them Lala, with Randall. Uh, Randall Emmett, of course, her fiance, who we talk about in this interview a lot. Um, and uh, she was great. She was everything I, I thought she would be. And it's one of those interesting things when you interview somebody, but you feel like you know them because you've seen them on TV. So you're like overly familiar. So I was like, hey, remember in that one episode with James, DJ James Kennedy? It was a lot like that. But she was such a good sport about it. And she gave us 50 minutes and I still didn't even get to a a quarter of the questions that I wanted to ask her. Um, but uh, we talk about her podcast tour, which is coming up with Randall. We talk uh, her makeup, give them Lala. And you can find uh, all that information on her website, which I'll put in the uh, description and uh, her book. Her book, actually, I listened to the audiobook and it's really good. I got to tell you, she, I really like audiobooks, especially with Bravo Lebs and Celebrities. 
because I like to hear their voice. Uh, but I dug it. I dug Lala's book a lot. And I I feel very professional when I read a book for an interview. I'm like, look at me. Look at me reading with my ears. Look at that. So she is our guest today, but I got a lot of Bravo and other pop culture news to get into before we get to that. Um, are you guys good? How is your How is your week started? We have a gentle reentry to the week. You're 20% done. After today, you'll be 40% done. Uh, yeah, I can do math. Um, so, uh, let's get started, shall we? Oh, also, I told you guys yesterday, if you listen to the pod, my nephew made a podcast and it's called, what is it? Like? He, uh, it's called Anonymous. Uh, maybe I'm busting up his joint here. I'm not supposed to say this, but it's called Anonymous Podcast. And it's only, he did his first episode in six minutes. And I think I'm going to play clips from it on Thursday's episode because it was really, really cute. I think I'm going to rate it. What if I rate it three stars? I'm like, you got a lot of work ahead of you, buddy. I'm going to rate it five stars. Episode one is entitled Crank That Soldier Boy and Giant Turtles, and it's five minutes. But also, what an amazing title. Like, I just do uh, La La Kent, you know? Like, that's my title for the show today, probably. And his title is Crank That Soldier Boy and Giant Turtles. Like, this kid is on another level. In fact, he might be my competition now. I need to destroy him. You're going down, dude. Um, anyways, I got a bunch of pop culture stories to uh, to talk to you about today. Um, uh, let's start with the uh, the extremely good news, but disturbing news. Uh, R. Kelly has been uh, found guilty of racketeering, and uh, this is very, this is a very long time coming. We talk about the wheels of justice going so slow. Uh, we were talking about in the Free Britney movement, but the R. Kelly stuff has been going on now for decades, and finally, they got enough uh, information and enough very brave females came forward. So he is guilty in federal sex crimes trial. Um, let's see here. TMZ reports Jocelyn Savage, who was one of R. Kelly's girlfriends for years, uh, who became one of the centerpieces of this story uh, when he was first arrested. Um, her spokesperson said the conviction today spoke volumes and accountability when it comes to people hearing black women and believing their stories. Um, they are going to, of course, appeal because R. Kelly is a pussy and nobody accepts blame for anything. But you guys, they played... They played a couple clips today at um, at the uh, trial and that were provided to the media, and they were horrifying. They were just they were disgusting, and they were horrifying. And it pretty much um, there was a recording of R. Kelly uh, peeing on a girl of uh, of him hitting a woman and and her having to beg him to stop, you know, because that was the thing that he had set up was that he was their master. And it's just very disgusting. He is a very disgusting, troubled person, and he does belong behind jail. Um, just very disturbing. So, of course, we still have sentencing, but he can spend up to 100 years in prison. And I hope uh, I can believe I can uh, not fly. I believe he'll die in prison. Um, it, it's it's uh, But this was a long time coming. If you watched the surviving R. Kelly uh, show, I believe it was on, was it on We or Own? Uh, it was so uh, very disturbing with these women's allegations. And like I said, this has gone on for decades. So this is very good news that he is finally behind uh, behind bars, uh, probably for good. Um, other other uh, good news, depending on how you look at it, uh, the Bachelor franchise 
Uh, Dale and Claire, folks. Claire, of course, was the Bachelorette, uh, our first pandemic season. And remember, she got with Dale immediately and she ruined the entire show because like the first date, she was like, I love that guy. Hey, come to my room. And then like they boned like the first date. And so then they quit the show together and then they were together for a while and then they broke up and then they got back together and then they got engaged. And then today, folks, they have broke up again. Camelot has fallen. How will we ever believe in love again? The only thing that bugs me, like Dale looked like he's been like, Dale looks like he doesn't know which way the wind blows. This guy looks like he's young. He's a young guy. Um, but Claire, Claire really didn't do herself any favors because she went into that bachelorette season and go, I deserve love. I waited. And so when she got with Dale, like immediately, she was like, this is it. And F, F you to all those people that said I couldn't do it. And I was like, maybe you want to like give this six months before you start like telling people to F off and that you've earned this. Like, I mean, also the, 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 the idea of somebody earning love, like I've earned this. God has presented me with this perfect man because I have earned love. It was just wild to watch. And I was very, it was really an exciting season because they all had to be quarantined at this hotel and do the season at the hotel. And it was very hot out there. So you would see the men just profusely sweating all of the time. And fun fact, uh, one of my uh, listeners pointed this out to me. When Dale left Claire's room the first morning, you could see um, a little bit of mess in his pants. Like it looked like he got overexcited. It's, I'm not saying he could have spilled something. Who knows? But a um, uh, and I haven't fewer pointed that out to me. And I got to tell you, I believe that conspiracy. I believe he might have um, did stuff in his pants. He got too excited, and I think he released himself. You know. So, anyways, so they are done. So, if anybody's looking to get with Claire, she is available. If anybody's looking to get with Dale, he is available. So, I'm assuming we will see Dale on Bachelor in Paradise. I don't think we'll ever see Claire again on any of these Bachelor shows because she made such a big deal about leaving. You don't come back to Bachelor in Paradise like, hey guys, funny story. Um, it didn't work out. So, I'm here once again on this island to find love. Um, so I that, that news just broke today. Also, uh, big Bravo news, huge Bravo news. Rest in peace to Cynthia Bailey. She did not pass away, thank God. But she announced today that she will not be returning to Real Housewives of Atlanta for this season. Um, now, all sources point to that she was not asked back. But usually with Bravo, they will always let you say it is your decision to have left. Uh, they did that with Jax. They do that with Housewives, all of that stuff. So she was able to put that statement out. And I got to say, I think this was the right time for Cynthia. Uh, you know, we saw in her first season her preparing for her, her, her marriage to Peter, I believe. And then in this last season, we got to see her uh, get married again uh, to uh, to her love. And that's a really cool bookend. And I really, I think there's a lot of uh, positive things about Cynthia. Like she's not, she was never a villain. And I think she found her voice in a lot of ways. And I will always remember the Bailey agency. Remember, she, she owned a modeling agency and I loved the Bailey agency. It had one of the worst logos that I've ever seen. I put it up on my Instagram today. Um, but but also, what a, what a hell of a servant. Like you did so, she did so many seasons. Like that is nothing like that is hang your head, uh, hang your, you don't need to hang your head at all. Hold your head up high, Cynthia Bailey, if you're listening. Amazing. Um, this is interesting Saturday Night Live news. They announced the um, uh, the cast shakeup comes because they're going back into production and the cast has remained 
completely the same because there was a lot of uh, rumors that A.D. Bryant was going to go. Cecily Tyson was going to be at her last season. Kate McKinnon was going to go. They are all coming back, including Pete Davidson. The only one that is not coming back is Beck Bennett, who has been there a long time. And it is very weird I'm very curious the story. I think he definitely chose to leave, but I'm wondering why, because he came, I think he's done eight seasons now and he came in with Kyle Mooney and um, what was the, uh, his other partner's name who does all the videos. And now he is married to uh, Emma Stone, uh, Dave something. Uh, But they were all a sketch comedy group um, back in the day. They all met at USC and they were, they're really nice guys. Kyle is really weird, but he's a nice guy back. In fact, I was at their um, their going away party when they went to do SNL. In fact, I have a picture on my personal Instagram of the this sign that said, Goodbye, Beck, Dave, and Kyle. Good luck in New York. And, you know, this show, Saturday Night Live, changes careers. Like, I don't personally find it insanely funny, but you can't argue that it changed. I still watch every episode, even though I don't love it anymore. But it changes careers, and, and I, I got to imagine. But I'm curious why Kyle isn't like, you know, they were all this kind of group that came in um as a sketch group so they are uh beck's not returning and who was the other one um uh there was another lady who was just a a, not a full-time cast member but uh, a part-time cast member she is going to be leaving as well um I'm trying to find her name. Chloe Feynman and Bowen Yang were upped to regular cast members. Uh, And we have new cast members joining the cast. Aristotle Athari, James Austin Johnson, and Sarah Sherman, who you might know better as Sarah Squirm, who is a kind of performance video artist uh, who does a lot of cutting edge stuff. So it's always interesting when you get these cutting edge comedians joining the cast of SNL because you're like, they're never going to be able to do what they're so good at. But it changes their careers. They will most likely be able to work for the rest of their lives. And, you you know, that's that's amazing. I mean, that's it really does change your life. In fact, one of my clients uh, that I used to coach all the time for acting, Melissa Villasenor, uh, she is still on that show. And, and she got upped again for another um, season. And the opportunities you get... Because of that, um, Saturday Night Live thing is just just amazing. Uh, they also have announced the first month of guests and musical guests of the show. And the show starts on October 2nd. Uh, we have our first guest of the season being Owen Wilson, which is, uh, okay, Owen, Owen Wilson. And Casey Musgraves is the musical guest. I think Casey could have done uh, musical and uh, main guest. So Owen Wilson is coming off Loki, uh, the Disney Channel Marvel show. But I didn't realize he was that big still but uh owen wilson casey musgraves october 2nd and then october 9th guys this is a big one we got kim kardashian west and halsey i wonder if kanye was pissed that he wasn't the musical guest for kim. what if kanye interrupts at the beginning he's like i'm gonna let you finish kim but i deserve to be hosting snl uh then october 23rd we have jason sudeikis who is obviously been a main cast member of snl uh, he did so many seasons of that show and now of course ted lasso the musical guest is brandy carlisle that'll be a great one i mean jason sudeikis will just be amazing um and then who do we got oh yeah and then rami malik uh rami malik will be oh, october 16th sorry 
Rami Malek will be there because he has No Time to Die, the new James uh, Bond film he's going to be the villain of, and a musical guest, Young Thug. I wonder how, I wonder what the age range on Young, like, is there a point where Young Thug can can be like middle-aged thug? What is that? That's called a dad joke, folks. I hope you love that. So SNL is coming back very strong. Uh, and you know who else is coming back very strong? I don't know if you guys watch uh, Below Deck Med. I think I think it's just one of the most watchable shows on Bravo. For some reason, I am just captivated all the time. And Captain Sandy is one of those. She's not in the Lisa Rinna territory. She's much too soft-spoken for that. But she definitely annoys me. She definitely gets my goat. I, and she was all up in Hannah Farrier's. Remember when she got busted for the Valium with her and Malia last I was so, ugh, I was just angry. Well, we've got big Captain Sandy news over here at uh, So Bad It's Good. This is huge. Below Deck's uh, Captain Sandy Yawn, which is a wild name, W Y A W N, is taking a break from yachting to embark on a 22-city tour. That's right, folks. Captain Sandy is coming to your town. And I'm not joking. This might sound like a joke, but it is not. She is actually gearing up for her, and this is what her tour is called, Lead Her Ship. L-E-A-D, Lead Her Ship. This is like Jesus. Lead Her Ship, which will include musical guests and the Bravo star's personal stories of how she navigated life before fame. She's quoted as saying, I want to use this platform to inspire others. Thanks to Bravo, we have reached so many Americans. I didn't seek the maritime industry. I fell into it. So many people now are aware of it. I wish Bravo was out and this show was out when I was a kid because I think I would have discovered this a lot sooner and had a lot less pain in my life because I took a different path. And that's really what it's about. And it's also talking about music, she says. The motivational speaker will also share her love of music and her hide side hustle, DJing. Guys, this sounds like I'm totally joking and I am totally not. She is quoted as saying, One of the things that connects us universally is music. I agree, Captain Sandy Yon. I don't care where you go in the world. You play a song, everyone starts singing it in the same language. <laughs> is she talking about happy birthday? We're connected through music, and that's really what I want to teach people. For Americans, it's also saying, Hey, get a passport. Obviously, the pandemic stopped a lot of the travel, but I want to encourage people to go to travel and to learn other cultures because if it wasn't for the maritime industry, I would never have had this journey in life and learned about other cultures. I love that our show actually puts that out there. She goes on to say, honestly, I like running boats. I can never not do that. There's something about being on the water, she shared. I love doing the show. It's great. It's six intense weeks. For more about the tour, folks, watch the exclusive interview on Us Weekly's website. Captain Sandy's will hit 22 U.S. cities starting on the West Coast on January 28th. I got, I gotta go see Captain Sandy live. What if she was like, what if she gets out there and she's super dirty? She's like, what's up? It's me, Captain Sandy. Uh... We, uh, can I see some tits? What's going on out there? <laughs> Just joking. Hey, where are you from, sir? Okay, yeah. Los Angeles? <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, does anybody have any volume on them tonight? Because I'm about to arrest you due to fucking maritime law. <laughs> Anyways, here's some DJing. I'm bringing sexy back. Um, I can see it going like that. But what if you went to Captain Sandy's show and you just heckle her? 
but also Captain Sandy. Now she's competed against Countess Luann's cabaret show. You got Sonia Morgan's cabaret show, and you got Joey Gorga doing his comedy tour. So it is getting, we're eventually going to have, don't steal this idea from me, anybody, and if I see it, I will call you out, a Coachella of just Bravo performers. We get DJ James Kennedy on there. We get Lala Kent on there. It is going to be an embarrassment of riches for Bravo coming up. So Captain Sandy Yawn, congratulations. I I I thought that was a joke when I first, a 22-city tour. My God, congratulations. Uh, breaking news this afternoon, and we've already... We've already, uh, we're already back in business. Kyle uh, Richards and Dorit Kemsley. I am Dorit, a child of the world. Beep, boop, pop, boop, 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 boop. She, uh, they both unfollowed each other on Instagram, folks. They both unfollowed each other on Instagram. But then, as of this evening, they have re-followed each other. So I have no idea what happened. But I love the fact that no matter, even if we're in our 40s, we are still unfollowing and refollowing on Instagram. Like it never ends. High school never ends, folks. That is the bad news. High school, it seems like it never ends, especially if you are on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Also, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills news, Sutton Strack, it came out. Uh, Sutton Strack, you guys, uh, report Sutton Strack hired security amid Real Housewives of Beverly Hills filming after growing, quote, frightened following Erica Jane drama. Now, Reality Blurb is reporting this story. And I got to tell you, I mean, you might think this is like I said in my solo recap on Friday, Erica Jane flat out threatened Sutton. She was like, she's she's scared. Good. I wanted to be scared. She feels threatened. She should feel threatened. Like she flat out, I'm not making that up. Go, you guys watch the episode. She flat out said that. So I don't, I mean, I think at a certain point it's, it's, it becomes not funny anymore. Like if Eric Jane, if you're going to flat out threaten me on national television, hell yeah, I'm going to get security. So, um, we're quoted as saying Sutton was afraid of Erica and the situation surrounding her. A source close to production revealed to Hollywood Life named P.K. Kemsley. So much so that she requested security during the remainder of filming Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Could you imagine if we see Sutton's bodyguard in all of these episodes and if the bodyguard stands next to her during the four-part reunion? Like, hey, this is Biff. He's my bodyguard. He'll don't even get near Erica. Don't, don't, Erica, do not even get near me. What if Biff body tackles Erica? When she's like, shut up, Sutton, and Biff just tackles her. Um, after learning that the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills co-star was being accused of stealing money from family members of plane crash victims, Sutton voiced her concerns, of course, prompted by the LA Times article. Um, Sutton has suggested Erica's divorce filing was risky. Um, because of Sutton's ongoing question, Erica was seen taking a stand against her, and she felt threatened. Um, she says, I am sorry that my bringing the girls. Yeah, this is all stuff we know. So I thought this was like a little bit of an interesting story. And just in the fact if it is true, if she hired security, I mean, that's amazing. But right. I mean, rightfully so. It is. It is kind of scary, you know. Also, this is huge news in the Bravo world, uh, the Bravo verse faces by Bravo. Uh, Steve, Steven, if you guys know him, he's awesome. He is uh, he is reporting from a source. Some premiere dates on Bravo. Real Housewives of Orange County season 16 starts Wednesday, December 1st. So mark your calendar. It is going to be a, an amazing holiday season with the ladies of Real Housewives of Orange County and Portia. Remember, Portia has a spinoff in the works, and that's going to be premiering 
Sunday, November 28th, right after Thanksgiving, something to be very thankful for. So congratulations, uh, Portia. We'll see if those dates uh, hold up. And I am hearing now Real Housewives of New Jersey is in 2022. I thought it was going to be in 2021. Uh, Also, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, if you guys watched last night, we finally got to hear what everybody's wanting to hear. And of course, that is Mary's toot. Mary tooted during a scene. Uh, She paused Brooks Marks and Meredith Marks and said, I'm sorry, I have to toot. And then she tooted. And I got to tell you, it is probably one of the best scenes I've ever seen on television. And I also, Brooks seemed so titillated by the toot. He, his face was like, he was like, he, like Brooks never really makes a lot of sounds or moves his face. Like I've mentioned, and he was enthralled by Mary's toot. And I'm like, Meredith is such a classy lady. It seems yet they're letting Mary Cosby just toot in front of them. And of course, Mary blamed her toot on uh on on the other ladies on like you know Jen Shaw and all of uh, all of that business um and i don't you know if you toot you got to you got to take responsibility for that toot you know i've i've tooted a lot in my day and you can never i tried it in my younger years you can't blame a toot on somebody else it's it's like you know the the smeller you know whoever smells it dealt it kind of thing whatever that phrase is <laughs> I'm forgetting but it's the same with Mary like Mary we understand everybody toots but you can't because she was like oh that's that's how this situation gets me it gets my stomach all a flutter and I toot and I just think you gotta you gotta be woman or man enough to you know take ownership over your toots right. So that's it. But also Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, so good. And Real Housewives of Potomac, I'm going to do a recap on Patreon this week because what a great episode. Man, Giselle has such a little matchstick house where they did that party. And I had this dream last night that Giselle finally finished her matchstick house. And then her daughter that she's teaching how to drive just ran the car right through it accidentally. Because I'm telling you, I love Giselle's daughters like they're my own. I am presently without kids. Uh, But I really have an affinity for her kids way more than I have an affinity for Giselle. And I got to tell you, that girl is one of the worst drivers I've ever seen. She was running over cones. Cameramen were just jumping out of frame. It seemed like a very scary production whenever. She's like like the Gucci car, which, by the way, is Pastor Jamal's car that he left there. And it's like this little, little mini, which made me even think weirder of Jamal. I'm Jamal, Jamal is a weird dude. Jamal's like a big dude. And he put the little mini. Like, what does that even say? What does that mean? But anyways... She's a horrible driver. This this girl, I think she's like 16, 17 year old, horrible driver. I like I even felt bad for Giselle. I was like, Giselle, get out of the house. You really literally see a cameraman just jump out of frame at a certain point. But um Giselle's house, though, it looks like when I um uh, tried to build a uh, a fort when I was a kid. Like, you know, you had always like that neighbor kid and you'd have like eight pieces of wood and you would build it in a tree and then it would have like some kind of weird addendum to it. So it just kind of, you kept adding on to it and none of it like added up and it just looked just structurally not sound. Like it feels like you would push it and it would, it would fall over like a house of cards. And she literally, you guys, she had a stair, she had a staircase, a circular staircase going to nowhere. Like, I was like, is that literally a staircase to heaven? I mean, and also Giselle is one of the shadiest 
housewives ever. And it's like, if you are this shady, do not give people ammunition to take. Like, do not host things at your Matchbox house. Do not host things there, Giselle. You can't talk trash if you have a house like that, and especially if you throw a party in front of it. Like, it is like, you can't rip on me if that's your house. You know what I'm saying? But anyways, it was a great episode last night. So, so, so good. Uh, Also, uh, Britney Spears, we talked a lot about that yesterday's uh, show. The hearing uh, is this week. Matthew Rosengart, Britney's amazing attorney, uh, after the uh, allegations in the Hulu documentary Controlling Britney Spears came out, says they will be pursuing charges against Jamie Spears if it is found out that he did illegally record Britney Spears in his bedroom, which we supposedly, from the gentleman that worked at Black Box Security that we find out in the documentary, has proof of this. And that is conservatorship abuse, and he can be criminally charged for that. So we've got a long way to go. There was also a CNN documentary, Toxic, which Brittany commented on her Instagram today. And I'm still so confused about Brittany's Instagram. Uh, but she said she liked parts of it, and she thought she looked really pretty, but they got a lot wrong. And I just never know what to believe in terms of Instagram. And it just goes to show you, even with Instagram, even with Brittany, even with me, even with you, it's like we, you can never trust social media, never trust social media. So folks, that is our, uh, oh God, uh, what should I talk about soaking? Oh no, I'm just going to get to it. But I do, I have, I found a soaking Reddit thread. Uh, one of the So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey Facebook users, our Facebook group. Uh, we are small but mighty. We gained a lot of users in this last week. You guys, feel free to post anything as long as you're nice. Let's not get into fights with each other. I always, it bums me out when I see it in Facebook groups. But so far, it's pretty it's pretty funny uh, in there. And everybody's really smart and funny. But um, somebody posted a thread. And so, okay, okay, I'm going to tell you. If you didn't listen to yesterday's podcast... I'm getting quiet because it's, you know, we're talking real stuff here. Is, is send the kids out of the room if there's, there's kids. Okay. It's just adults now. Okay. So, so I found out through the internet. I don't know if you guys have heard about the internet. There is a thing called soaking. It has, uh, it has taken over um, the town. Like it is a big thing. And what soaking is, um, some Mormon teens have convinced themselves that putting a penis in a vagina and then not moving is not sex. That's called soaking. So soaking is when you just lay on your partner and you don't move. It's called soaking. Now, jump humping is another term, and that's when you get someone to jump on the bed next to you who is soaking with their partner to get some friction going without you technically causing the movement. And then there's a TikTok of this girl going, of jumping on a bed going, when your bestie is called to soak in a BYU dorm and you have to jump hump for her. You guys, this is a real thing. And I've thought of nothing but soaking since. And by the way, soaking for me, I mean, that is how I have sex. I just, I kind of lay there. And, uh, but I, if you guys, hey guys, for, for real though, if I have any, if I have any Mormon teens listening to the show that soak, I'll give you a hundred dollars to come on the pod. I would love to interview you about soaking. I promise. I promise to be respectful. I promise to not be creepy. I just need to know more about soaking because like, I just like, do they think God is like, okay, good one. Technically you're right. That is not sex. I cannot punish you. Like God's like, well done. You got me. You got me. 
Like, I just, I can't, I cannot stop thinking about this. It fascinates me. The workarounds here. Congratulations. I gotta, I gotta talk to Heather Gay about this too. I bet Heather soaked at one point. I, you know, now anytime I see a celebrity on TV, I always, I'm now I'm just like, I wonder if they soak, you know, like, <laughs> anyways, that is it. You guys, I am so excited. <laughs> This is my lead into Lala. Lala, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. This is the lead in with soaking, but I think you'll appreciate it. Uh, we are so lucky to have our next guest, Lala Kent. Uh, she is one of the leads of Vanderpump Rules. Season 9 airs tonight. Uh, you can get her book, Give Them Lala, at all retailers, Amazon. Uh, audiobook is awesome. Uh, I, I really do recommend it if uh, if you like reading uh, celebrity tomes. And I think she does have a really uh, very strong, interesting voice. Um, so this is a really good thing. We, we, we didn't... Um, uh, the, there was a couple things I didn't get to ask one because I wasn't allowed to. And, um, two was, I wanted to ask her more about her and Ariana's relationship. Um, and I didn't want to be out of line to Ariana or to Lala. So I didn't get to ask that because we know they fight a lot in the preview and I bring that up, but I, I had more specific questions. So hopefully Lala will come on again and I can press her a little more about this because I really do. From what I hear, they have a very tenuous relationship this season and I'm kind of like, I, you know how much I love Ariana. So I really want them to be cool because I think Ariana's cool. And Lala turned out to just be really uh, great. We talk a lot about uh, Jax and Randall, uh, their relationship. We talk about her come, getting on the show. We talk about her book. We talk about her relationship with DJ James Kennedy. Uh, I think this is just a really fun interview. And I, I hope you guys like it. And just a reminder, season nine, go watch it tonight. We got to put some support through this show. Uh, it's going to be a new cast in some ways and i just lala says they recapture the magic so i really hope they do so ladies and gentlemen uh one of the uh we talk about the song like a boss she did with uh sheena shea so i'm going to play that right now to lead us in because if you guys have been listening to the podcast from the beginning you know i i was obsessed with this a minute and a half song like a boss they did from the movie like a boss with tiffany haddish it was like a product placement ad within the show but i thought it was a really good song and we talk about that in this interview so i'm gonna lead in with like a boss and then we go right into la la kent you guys so uh here we go la la kent this is exciting have a great tuesday you guys breaks over how do i look like a boss i wish me too like a gentlemen welcome back to so bad it's good on iHeartRadio. today we actually have uh, what i consider a legend 
Um, and today is a very special day because we have the premiere of season nine of Vanderpump Rules. It airs tonight. It is back, you guys. We have missed it for so, so long, and it is finally here. So I need everybody to get excited. I need everybody to throw their support. But we have who I think is just one of, if not the best character on Vanderpump Rules. And I hate to say character because I know she's a real person. She's not only uh, one of the stars of Vanderpump Rules. She's also an author now. She actually has her own makeup line. She has her own podcast, which is a hit. Uh, and she's actually about to go on a podcasting tour, which starts November 30th in Dallas, Texas. Uh, we're going to get into all of that, hopefully. But Lala Kent, Lauren from Utah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Um, you, I mean, are you ready for this to all start back up again in terms, I mean, like it's, it, are, is it, is it exhausting potentially for you to be like, I gotta, we're, we're going to have to get into episodes and people commenting and stuff. Yeah. Because we, we had two years of really just like, I hate saying being a normal person because we're obviously not Brad and Angelina, but like, we've kind of just been in the dark and living life. And now, you know, I've seen the episode. It's fantastic. <laughs> and I, but I'm feeling a little exposed. I'm feeling exposed again. Yeah. I mean, like, and you are known for sharing so much uh, and kind of being uh, aggressive in sometimes the best way, but especially as you evolve as a person, I mean, you're a mother now. Um, I mean, are you expected to still pop off or, or things like that? And, and I mean, how does that all, I mean, just how did you deal with all of that coming back into a show when there are so many things in your life that has actually changed? Yeah. You know, I, the first time we started filming season eight, I came back as a sober person and I was worried that I wasn't going to be interesting. Turns out the crazy, it just lives in my veins <laughs> and now this round, I was worried. I'm like, cause I felt so soft after I gave birth and I felt like so emotional, like anything and everything made me sob. I didn't feel like a badass anymore, but you know, I think this season I, I came across differently than I normally do, even though I'm still sharp with my tongue, I did always have ocean in the back of my mind thinking, you know, all of my actions will affect her moving forward every single day, whatever I choose to say and do will reflect back to, you know, her and being this little human that I hope will go into the world and be a, a model citizen. So I'm, yeah, I, <laughs> the crazy's in my blood, but I definitely felt different this season, a little less, uh, a little less quick. Yeah. Was there I any a lot more. <laughs> Wait, was there any trepidation about coming back or the minute they said they're starting filming, were you like, okay, definitely back in? Or was there ever a thought in your head of like, I write now, I uh, actually have a successful podcast. I have the makeup line. Uh, I am a mother. You know, I don't think this is something you necessarily need. So was it a very strong desire to come back? Of course, I missed it while we were sitting around wondering if we would even be able to come back. And then once we started hearing that we could potentially be back and picking up cameras soon, I did think like, does Vanderpump Rules fit into my life anymore? Is it something that I want to continue to do now that I'm a mom? Or do I like this life that I've been living where I go and I podcast and I write a book and I'm a mother to ocean? So I it definitely wasn't like, where do I sign up? Let's do this. <laughs> but I, I took a beat. I definitely did take a beat. 
Um, you said it in the book, actually, you know, you said Vanderpump Rules in in a lot of ways kind of saved your soul in some ways, which I thought was really interesting. And to come from Utah and and the girl, it really is just this kind of amazing evolution from the girl you were in Utah to, I mean, is it kind of insanity to think back about like the evolution of Lala or Lauren? I mean, it really does seem like you pack so much into such a short amount of time and then to throw reality stardom in that, it, it just seems like such a, a, a different ascent than most people have. It was, it's definitely weird. And I think that's why I loved writing this book because I often forget a time where I wasn't on Vanderpump Rules, where I was living in Utah, living a very normal life. I forget. It's hard for me to remember a time that this wasn't my life. So when I was writing the book, I was able to go back and really remember where I come from and memories with my friends and my family growing up in, in a place like Salt Lake City. And, you know, it regrounds you. And I never thought the reality TV would be in my story, but it really is something that I'll forever be grateful for, even though it wasn't the path that I saw myself doing. It offered me so much opportunity. And here I am and I've accomplished a lot that I never give myself credit for until I'm talking, you know, to someone like yeah. who's reading off all of these things that I used to dream about doing and I've done them all. Yeah. Is it weird though? Like, cause you actually now have done all of these things where it's, I always have this kind of thing of like, it's never enough then. Like, I think I'll be happy when it gets to this level and then I get to that level and I'm still not happy. Is it like that for you? Or are you in a content place because you're like this, there are so many amazing things happening. You know, I try to, I try to live in the moment and be grateful often. And I'm content with all of the things that really matter, which are my healthy baby and my family and the things that, that really do matter in life that I'm content with. But as far as what I've accomplished, I don't hang on to it for too long. It's like, we wrote a book, it's out great. What's next? You know, we've talked yeah. about it. Let's move on. And I'm trying to be better about that and really like holding on to things and feeling like I accomplished something great. You're right. It, it's never good enough. There's always something else that I want to achieve. And I guess that's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. I mean, no, it just, it's uh life's weird that way. Um, uh, your, uh, the other thing I think actually is highlighted on the show, and I don't know if it's going to be highlighted and how much a part of it is for your life nowadays is your singing, you know, that that was actually a storyline is a storyline. Do we get to, are you still doing that? I mean, and by the way, I even loved, I was obsessed with when this podcast first started, I would play like a boss, even the little song <laughs> you did with Sheena. I would, I thought I was like, this is, we need a full song of like a boss and you never performed it live. And I was even obsessed with that. Where is the, uh, the music career these days? You know, music was always something that I did as a hobby. Like I was shocked when boy charted at number one on iTunes for, I think it was like dance music or something yeah. like that. it was years ago. And I was still in my drinking fog, but I was like, <laughs> wow, that's pretty amazing. And, but for me, it was never something that I was doing for money. It was just like, I enjoy it. I feel like I can, you know, be myself and express myself in a different way that I really enjoy. Um, this season, I don't do anything musically, but I'm equally as obsessed with Like a Boss as you are. I told you. It Sheena, really was amazing. It was so it was, I mean, like, not all joking aside, it was like, I was like, why is this only a minute and a half? This is really bizarre, you know? But it was I'm perfect. so glad you say that because 
in my vain egotistical mind, I was like, this should be 10 minutes that- long. That- <laughs> <laughs> no, but for, I used to, I was obsessed with that song and I even made a meme. I remember nominated it for uh, best song at the Oscars. Cause I was like, that's cause it was for a movie. So I was like, why can't this be nominated for the Oscars? You know, I agree. I think Sheena and I need to get into the studio and do something similar because I thought we killed it together. Yeah. I mean, how scary in the book though, uh, were there like a handful of things where you're like, I really am nervous about uh, this person reading this or hearing about this. And I know you changed certain names and things like that in the book, but was there tons of instances? Do you warn people ahead of time? Like I'm, there might be some things you might disagree with. I didn't warn anybody ahead of time. <laughs> I, I figured that it was my book. And if anybody had an opinion that was different, then you can go out and write your version of what happened. No one will buy it. Yeah. <laughs> but at least I feel better about it. Um, I think the only, I was very nervous to write about things that I did when I was drinking. And I was very nervous to write about my abortion. Those were two things that I would lay in bed at night and fall asleep and w- wake up in cold sweats because I just was thinking that, you know, I was going to put this out and everyone was going to love it. And then my publisher reminded me, you know, these are very hot topics and you may not get the reaction you think you're going to get. But at the end of the day, I figured if I'm going to be writing a book and these are the stories that I chose to share, why would I half-ass any of it? Like it's all or nothing with me. And it's always been that way. It's why I make a great reality TV star because there's no gray area. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you brought up your your abortion, which is a a part of the book that you reveal. And I had uh, my Patreon people, I had let them know you were coming on and they were really excited. And uh, one girl wrote in uh, saying, were you, were you scared to reveal that? And are you aware of how many people you help when you talk about things like that? Uh, uh, my uh, Marissa wrote in about that. And I, I imagine that was kind of a scary thing to reveal, but do you then kind of get this feedback on the other hand of that actually does help a lot of young women uh, out there? Well, that was my hope. I always hope that even if I just helped, you know, one girl who was facing that difficult decision to make her feel less alone then I achieved my goal. And I know that there's negative comments out there. I have yet to see them on my social media or in my DMs. I've had nothing but love come through in messages about how much that chapter helped women. And I just felt like it was so important to share because, you know, I live, I grew up in a family that was very open and non-judgmental. And then I moved to a place like LA where it's like very normal to, you know, my body, my choice, be vocal about, you know, sexual orientation. Like everything is like, you do you boo. Every time I've gone anywhere in my life with my circle of friends, then you see things that happen in Texas and you're like, this is why I shared that chapter. Yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, that really does. I mean, that's what I was kind of impressed by your book too. And by the way, folks, I listened to the audiobook because I can't read anymore, I guess, because I'm dumb as I get older, but she uh, narrates the audiobook and it's awesome. But I was, you really do speak to young women out there. You even talk about, you know, the hoe phase, the, you know, <laughs> which is actually really funny, but you also mentioned you really didn't have much of a hoe phase. It was just that there is this, th- I mean, I just thought it was really interesting because you do talk openly and honestly about what it's like to like guys or have a, a revolving door, or but you would always emotionally get caught up in things, which I thought was really interesting and and very true to all of my female friends that speak about the same experiences. Well, that was the whole point of the book. You know, I didn't write this book because I thought that my life was too interesting to not share. 
it was like, you know, I have all of these experiences that I'm not sharing because I'm proud of them. I'm sharing them because they happened in my life. And if, if this book is what makes people feel less alone and makes them feel like, wow, there, there are things that have bonded us, even if we don't even know each other. And we, we tend to look at a person and judge them. And we forget that there's a lifetime of experiences that have made that person that way, that you may relate to some of these stories and you may not. But if all you get out of it is entertainment, I'm okay with that. Or if you read a chapter and you go, you know what, I'm going to be less hard on myself for having my hopes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the podcast actually is very, uh, it's a great extension of the book in a lot of ways. And it's, you know, give them Lala with Randall. Did Randall try to horn in on this? Was he like, I need to, cause I feel like you could, it could just be give them Lala, but I mean, Randall is a great part of this. And I was listening to one of the first episodes and he was talking about how he was a big fan of Vanderpump rules before he even met you. And he would actually, I mean, even try to get like screeners, so did he target you, Lala? Did he come in and say, I mean, like, honestly, I was like, is Randall a super fan? Like, was that what it was? And then he was like, I've got to date Lala. It's so funny because I call him a super fan all the time because he was. He was. Yeah, it sounded like he totally was. It sounded like, and he said he made his friends watch the episodes. And I was like, what is going on here? Yes, he he was a fan of the show. And I think he came in and thought that we were just going to have like, you know, he watched me on TV, thought she seems like a bag of fun. And then it evolved into something more, which neither of us were expecting. And I, too, think the podcast could just be give them Lala. <laughs> Guys here tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card with 24 seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Here is the point of the show where I do a couple of ads for sponsors and I always get so excited about this uh, because I love when uh, when people advertise on the show. So our first one is a new one and it is called Magic Spoon. Now, growing up, cereal for me and I think for all of us was one of the best parts of being a kid. Um, and especially even after being a kid, I remember when I had the freedom to buy my own cereal, I would just buy the sugary like name brand cereal, like Fruity Pebbles and Cocoa Pebbles and all like uh, honey, uh, what is it, Golden Grams, all that, all that stuff. Because um, anyways, I used to love cereal, but I had to give it up because um, unfortunately my body uh, started not being able to digest highly sugary crap like that, uh, that we really shouldn't be eating. So uh, as you know, I've been on a weight loss journey, uh, I feel like for my entire life. Um, I'm trying to cut down on carbs and sugar and unhealthy food. And I realized basically I, um, I can't eat anything anymore, <laughs> but this is what's really cool is that, um, this sponsor magic spoon sent me a box of cereal and I got scared cause I was like, I can't eat that. But it turns out magic spoon has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Plus it is only get this 140 calories a serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, 
soy-free and low-carb. Um, and I bet you're thinking, okay, but it is horrible probably, the taste. And guess what? It is not horrible to taste. There are all of these different flavors. Um, they sent me cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter. You can get a whole variety pack of all four of those. Um, the only um, the only bad thing, you guys, is that I ate a lot of servings. So it's like, this is really good. I, I kept eating the servings uh, because I'm out of control. Um, I actually did this thing, too, where I mixed uh, a bunch of them together and I put oat milk over it and it was really good. It tastes exactly like the regular cereal that I used to uh, pig out on and uh, it turns out it's super nutritious. I mean, it actually has protein. That is so weird to me. It's delicious. It's super healthy cereal that really um, I think it, it, it could bring joy to your mornings or afternoons or evenings or middle of the night. It's brought me joy in all of those uh, categories. So go to magicspoon.com forward slash so bad to grab a variety pack and try it today and be sure to use our promo code so bad that's very important at checkout to save five dollars off your order five dollars wow and magic spoon is so confident in their product it's backed with 100 happiness guarantee so if you don't like it for any reason they will refund your money no questions asked we always talk about products like those on this show because those are the good ones. If you don't like it, they are willing to back their product. So remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash so bad and use the code so bad to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. That is very exciting. Now, on the same health kick, uh, our next sponsor is Ready Slim. And Ready Slim, we they've advertised with us before. So um this is the deal. And especially coming out of sickness. And I was doing this before I got really ill. Uh, and I started doing this again. Um, I actually have been feeling better and I think it might be because of doing things like ready slim and magic spoon. Um, this last week I have more energy. I've felt lighter. I get a good night's sleep. I'm sleeping way too much. <laughs> and, um, a couple days this week, I actually did wake up, uh, feeling super refreshed every morning. So the mornings that I do did that, it turns out, uh, I was doing ready slims, detox teas, ready slims, detox teas are made with high quality, 100% organic herbs that gently boost your metabolism and help digestion while also reducing bloating and gas. I added this to my healthy lifestyle or what I'm trying to be a healthier lifestyle. And uh, I already have knocked off five pounds. So Ready Slim's detox teas are made with no fillers, no additives, and no laxatives. So they are safe to drink daily. Ready Slim's 28-day detox tea kit has everything you need. The Wakey Wakey Morning Detox Tea, which they have sent me, helps boost your energy levels to start your day off right. And then their Snoozy de Night Detox Tea helps you relax and supports the natural detox process while you get your well-deserved beauty sleep. Uh, and I super need that, folks. And the best part of Ready Slim is how it aids in weight loss. Plus, it is keto-friendly. Um, so like I said, I have been doing that in the morning and the evening, and it's kind of nice too, because tea at night, especially my mom, uh, I grew up and she was, 
uh, I just, she would always have her cup of nighttime tea and it really kind of makes me feel good. I feel like, oh wow, I'm doing what my mom used to do. This is kind of nice, but it's actually helping in my digestion and metabolism. So say hello to a better, brighter you. And right now for a limited time, you can save 25% off your first order of Ready Slim's 28 day detox tea kit. Plus get a free collapsible water bottle. Go to readyslim.com slash so bad. That's R-E-A-D-Y-S-L-I-M dot com slash so bad to save 25% off your first purchase of Ready Slim's 28-day detox tea kit, plus, like I said, a free collapsible water bottle. Readyslim.com slash so bad. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Now, ladies and gentlemen, back to Lala Kent. (laughs) But, you know, I think he's, even though he's behind the scenes and behind the camera, it's funny because I think he actually digs doing the podcast. I don't think he minds showing up and being on camera, except for when it gets sticky. He's not trying to, like, air his dirty laundry or, like... Go toes with people. See, that's what I'm like. Somebody that's been in movie production for as long as he has and has the career that he does. I mean, it's got to be sometimes shocking of like, he came off really good uh, in his first season, like exceptionally well. But at the same time, you're then opening yourself up to memes. You're opening yourself up to comments, which you're used to and all the rest of the cast of Vanderpump Rules is used to. But I don't imagine like Martin Scorsese is getting a lot of memes making fun of who, you know, like it's got to be not something that you necessarily sign up for, even though it's cool sometimes. Well, for me, I always tell him you have to take the good in. If you choose to open yourself up to a show like this, you have to take the good in with the bad. You know, you can't you can't love all of the fun parts and then be super offended by a headline. It's like, you you have to understand the game. If I see that Lala Ken shoved a toothbrush up her butt, I'm- Which is in the book, you guys. This is, in, this is actually a story in the book. <laughs> story in the book. And that made, it was a headline. And I yeah. was, I would click on that. I want to know why, you know, that's the point. So you have to like give credit to the people who are writing these articles because they're really killing it. You know, like, yeah, you got to take the good in with the bad. You don't get to pick and choose. That's just how life is in general with anything that you do. No, I mean, even Bravo chat room, you uh, you hosted and you were great. You said uh, you said a, a quick comment about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills yeah. about Sutton being a fair weather friend. And that got picked up by news outlets. And it's probably I mean, I I. Nobody really care. I mean, people listen, but nobody cares like they care about you where it's like everything's under a microscope. And I imagine certain things that you say off the cuff things, you have no clue that they'd even be of interest to people until it actually gets out there. No, I just I talk freely. And then all of a sudden and by the way, I don't Google myself. I learned my lesson a long time ago that I have no interest in knowing what people uh, take from what I say, so, you know, then people send me things and I'm like, this is why I don't Google because I, I don't want to feel like I'm living my life censoring myself. You know, I want to be able to have opinions and not think, oh my gosh, but what will people think about my opinion? You know, I, I, that's too much pressure for me. It gives me too much anxiety. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I can't, I can't imagine trying to keep up with the Joneses on a daily basis when actually people do actually talk about you. I don't. It would. I mean, I've gotten a couple of bad uh, podcast reviews and it floored me. I was like, oh, how do I even get out of bed now? Like, you know, right. like you take it very personally. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and it's not personal. They, they, they don't even think you're a real person. They think you're some robot that's just speaking in a microphone, but. We are real people. Well, but that's that's why the book kind of fills things out and your podcast does, because what we see from the show, I mean, I, I always I mean, I believe in bad edits, but I also believe that the camera by some weird alchemy really does pick up the genuine person behind. Like, I, I feel like we do see the genuine person, but it can be edited in a way where there are villains, where there are heroes in certain seasons and those change from season to season in Bravo. But I mean, do you get the sense going into at this point of like, oh, fuck, they're trying to make me a villain. Like they're trying to like, oh, no. Like even in the preview, you have a couple of intense scenes. I think one with Ariana and then uh, Brock is doing some kind of press tour right now. It's where he said he he mixes it up with you a lot this season. And, and, he, and you actually taught him a little bit about himself, which I thought was interesting. So, I mean, at this point, do you know? kind of like, man, I, I think I might be getting painted into a corner here. Yes. I feel it from a mile away. I'll sit there and as, as it's happening, I'm like, okay, this season I will be villainized. This season I will be the feminist that I didn't even realize I was, you know? And it's crazy because all of those things, I feel like I am. There are many times where I'm the villain in certain situations. The difference is, is it just depends on which season, you know, it's like, I, I could have a conversation with you. And at one point you can be like, this girl is crazy. Now she makes all the sense of the world. Now I get it, but that's not interesting on TV. You got to have the villain. You got to have someone who saves the day, who made the voice of reason. And we all get our turn. We have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. The show comes for everybody at a certain point. Oh yeah. None of us are safe. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's why I think we love about the show, but you have so many iconic moments leading up to this. I mean, I was thinking, you know, I was watching the uh, you and James of uh, the, the feeling you and the apartment when you guys are just singing. And it's like this really kind of beautiful moment, this like tentative reality show moment of you singing with James. And it was like this really nice thing to let's get a popping daddy to uh, Bambi eyed bitch to like, is there this pressure of like at this point of like, I need a catchphrase this season. I got to call somebody a Bambi eyed bitch or something like that. I mean, I, I feel like that's probably the trap of these things is to not um, perform. You know, I always find myself every season I go into it and I'm like, this is how I'm going to be this year. And I can feel myself just, it doesn't feel natural because it's not, you know, I'm having an out of body experience trying to control what I do. And, you know, it, it's all of 30 seconds of me trying to be who I want to be before I'm just myself again. And that's when you get the moments of Bambi eyed bitch. That's when you get the moments of it's not about the pasta. So it's just much. Which, by the way, Lala wants to go on record. That really was about cocaine. You guys, that's she's going to reveal it here for the first time. Um, but by the way, I didn't even bring that up. Cause I know it's probably you're sick of hearing. It's not about the pasta. Like that is no, that, that scene is iconic. It's amazing. And I will forever have a special place in my heart. I'll talk about it all day. We can this episode. It's not about the pasta episode. <laughs> just, um, 
your relationship with DJ James Kennedy, which you, by the way, I cannot say James Kennedy's name without putting DJ James Kennedy, just how you have to say his name. Uh, you guys have had such an interesting relationship because it was kind of this, not pure, it was like a toxic friendship in the sense that you guys, I mean, even your iconic Watch What Happens Live, where Andy had to help keep telling you to stop cussing. And uh, you actually saw Andy get annoyed, which was amazing. But it seems like you guys really fed off each other in a potentially like interesting time where you were on TV and just saying, I don't know if it was like the season five premiere where you guys went to that party and James was yeah. like, fake jacking off with a cranberry vodka and it was like and you guys just didn't give an f like you know you didn't give an f and Jax was hitting on you and it was like this mess but you guys have went through these stages where then you got cleaned up and we saw dj james kennedy really kind of struggle with those things and i think yeah. from the preview he's close to two years i mean i watched the first seven minutes the other day and he's close to two years sobriety or, or cali sober as they call it um is that, are you guys on the, the straight and narrow? Because James seems like if you give him an inch, he'll, he'll put his foot in his mouth and then piss people off. Like, is that still the case? Oh, you're going to, I think everyone will have a lot of fun watching James this season. Yeah. He, without giving too much away, you know, by you asking that question, he's uh yes, he's the type that if you give him an inch, he'll take a mile. And we have that in common. And I think that's why we're, uh, we've had such a close bond, even though our relationship back in the day or friendship was very toxic. It's like the funnest time I've ever had in my life. You know, I look back on those times and I'm like, oh my gosh, what I would give to relive that time. I mean, you were, I remember my friend sent me like a series of photos. I think you guys were performing at the the marquee or somewhere in Vegas and you were wearing the Tupac uh, one piece Yeah, and you guys were just like just crazy on stage. And I was like, Oh my God, you guys are both hammered. Looks like you're having the time of your life. But I was like, what a journey. And it's interesting. The audience has been on this journey with you guys. And that's why I think it was so disappointing when you guys weren't friends, even though we know we knew why you weren't friends. Um, but it was also that thing of like, we kind of really rallied around you because you really were this underdog that was getting, I would say, I know the word is overused, but like bullied by the other girls at first, like you, they really were giving you a hell of a hard time. And then it kind of flipped where all of a sudden you guys were like best friends and stuff. And I think a lot of the audience was like, no, they don't deserve to be her friend after they, but like, yeah. why, why did you choose to open up and let like Stassi and Kristen and Katie and all of those guys in after they had given you such a rough time? Well, they've, they've all given each other a super rough time. That's why they're all so close. You know, that rough time for me was like, wow, we finally have this history that they talk about all the time. They talk about how they're all so close because they have the history. And now I'm a part of that. And I'm very forgiving. I shake things off very quickly. If you apologize and, and you know, you, I see that you're making changes I will let it go. I forgive and I forget because I hope that people with me, when I act a damn fool, will, will forgive and for, forget things that I've done. So I, I try to practice that with other people. It's very easy for me once uh, Kristen, Stassi, and Katie said, I'm sorry, to be like, perfect. Where do we sign for up for a friendship? Like, let's get it popping. And, you know, with James, it was hard because he didn't attack me. He attacked, he attacked my partner. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Why, that's why our friendship ended. And I prayed to God that they wouldn't air that stuff because I knew that he was drinking and he didn't mean anything he was saying. And then even but, in real life, how does 
you know, Randall, like, I mean, you can't like some things it's hard to shake off. Like, how do you shake off certain things? Even if they're on a reality show, you guys, you and Randall actually are together. It's not a fake relationship. I mean, I personally, as a dude would be like, that really hurts my feelings. You know, it did hurt his feelings, but Rand actually shakes things off quicker than I do. Yeah. Which be with me, you would have to shake things off quickly because I have a very vicious tongue and like no one is safe when you come for me or I feel like you're coming for me. So he, James is like one of his most favorite people on the planet now, which yeah. I don't know how that happened, but he thinks he's hilarious, loves his crazy mouth that just like is spewing things all the time. Like Rand definitely shakes things off way quicker than I do. You talk about in the book, your sobriety as well, where it, um, I think there was even like, I've even had that worry about drinking of like, well, I'm more fun when I drink. I don't, you know, and, and you make the point of like, you still have the silver tongue, even without booze, you still have, I mean, like there, there's not, uh, you still have all of that stuff that I think sometimes the misconception about being sober is that you'll lose this magical personality that you are celebrated for. And that's right. just not the case. No, I definitely was nervous. I think producers were nervous as well when I was like, I'm getting sober. I think they were like, oh, great. <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> hey, you know, it wouldn't. Yeah, we, we won't tell anybody if you do a shot. You're, yeah, yeah. That's, uh... it was. I was very concerned about it. And I've always I guess I've just always had this sharp tongue, which makes for great TV. And, you know, at the end of the day, I can't really this is my real life. And that's what we're we're signing up for is to show what's really going on. And in that moment, I was really signing up for a show and I was trying to stay sober. Yeah. I mean, it just, I mean, that seems so impossible. And I always think about that even with James or like on summer house or any of those shows where they get sober. I think even sometimes the audience's initial reaction, which is unfair of like, Oh no, now they're not going to be as much of a mess, which is so, but I mean, you know, that we watch these reality shows sometimes to see the fights and to see the mess and that's got to be really, I, I would see that that would be one of the biggest things that would play with your mind or fuck with your mind a little bit, you know? Yeah, definitely. Actually, the first, the first like big argument I got into where I was like really popping off was with Raquel when I told her that I was a fighting dog. And oh, after- yeah. In the kitchen. Yeah, 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 yeah. My, yeah. Oh, yes. I was like, I think this may go a little deeper than just the alcohol. <laughs> yes, that was a brutal because, yeah, you really went for her and you had like and then there's a couple other scenes that season, but that was a really bad one, you know? Yeah, definitely moments I'm not proud of. And then it was so funny because after like I had a few months and then a year, two years under my belt of sobriety, I was like, you know what? I was drinking because it made other people more interesting. Like I'm just interesting sober. So now I'm around a group of people and I'm like, you know what? You're going to need to be drunk in order. Yeah. To- <laughs> That's actually because you were telling, you were telling the story in the book and I was just like, sometimes, or I was listening to you on another uh, show and I was just like, man, I wonder if it just gets boring as hell to be sober around uh, drunk people. But you said it's actually, it's funny. It's, it can be a really, I mean, by the way, you just celebrated your 31st birthday in Miami a couple of weeks ago and yeah. it looked like Jackson Rand were, uh, were, dr- I mean, it must be fun, I guess, to they watch that sober. They were wasted <laughs> as they should be. They're like normal people that can go out and get wasted and like live a normal life. I fully encourage if you're a normal person to like go drink, party your ass off. I don't care. Now it's just so a part of my day to day. Like I really don't even think about it. Like I go to a nightclub and it's like, 
I just order a pineapple juice. Like it doesn't, it doesn't even occur to me that I'm in a nightclub sober. It just, that's just what it is. That's awesome. Yeah. I used to, uh, um, well, actually speaking of the, the book, I just want to get into this story and I know you've told this story a lot, but it involves the toothbrush too. But I just got livid because you got, you got into this one fight with Randall where you threw all of his clothes Oh, like you threw, like you threw it over the, I think the hotel balcony or something like that, every piece of his clothing and like a good bag and stuff. And I was like that, like I was listening, I was like, I was livid. Why? I mean, like, how did Randall even forgive you? Like, I don't, I mean, I'm an old Navy clothes man myself, so you're not going to ruin anything. I, but he dresses like in nice clothes. I would be like, what possesses you to throw people's possessions over a balcony in a hotel? It's the only thing I can describe it as is when I was drinking and I, and I still get this feeling even sober. Like you have to know that even sober I get when something triggers me, but you have to know, you know, when you're triggered, it's triggered means that you are going back to a place that you've experienced before and you're feeling the same emotions come up again. So whatever those emotions are, it's almost like fire in my my chest and I become a dragon. Where it's, it's like, like the Hulk. Hulk. You like the you Hulk or out. The Hulk. Yeah. I'm not satisfied until everything is destroyed. Then I'm going to feel great. And you better feel great about me destroying everything too. <laughs> <laughs> you better feel great about That's what I was like. You guys went on a private jet on the next day or something. And I was like, how did he even be? How was he even around her? Like, I mean, did he just keep looking at her? Like you threw all my clothes out, you know? I mean, there was a point where we were driving in the car to the mall to get him bathrobe <laughs> and women's slippers from the spa. And we were driving to the mall to get him new clothes. And we just started laughing. It was very, that time in our relationship was chaotic and a place that now I can look back and laugh. But when I was in it, it was so dysfunctional that I couldn't even believe that these things were happening. And that after that, I still continued to drink. Like, it, it doesn't make much sense to me. And the fact that he stuck around also, I mean, I think he's more insane than I am for sticking around. Yeah. I mean, it really does make you question Randall at times. Yeah. <laughs> but, right? I'm um, like, why did you stay? Like, okay, great fit. You're just as crazy as I am. So that's, that's how I would describe it. Fire in my chest. I was not satisfied until I threw the Louis duffel bag 17 stories down. God, I, um, I talk, uh, uh, I talked about this story on the podcast a while back, but I, uh, worked at a place called Leslie Conning company, which is an acting studio in Los Angeles and Randall and you came in and there was about a hundred people jammed into a tiny room and Randall did one of the nicest things that you can do for any actor in LA. Everybody's struggling. he said, you know, pass around a piece of paper, put your name, put your number. And I'm going to give this to my, uh, my, my casting director and, uh, we'll call you in. And it was one of the nicest things that I've ever seen anybody do. Um, and it was really, it was just one of those kind of really cool moments that I was like, you know, I wanted to share that story for, uh, as much as I think, you know, people will make jokes about like Randall stories or like, you know, him putting up with you, which I now know why, um, he does these kind of amazing things. It seems like, um, and also I was, I've now seen the row two times. Is there any truth to the rumor? There is a sequel to that. Cause I heard there was, is that just plain fiction? You know, I hope that at some point there is one, maybe I can come back as someone different, 
I know that that was the hope. And then, you know, it was everything got, it's, it's a lot of work to make a movie. You know that there's a lot of financial aspects. So once we started getting the ball moving and it was going to happen, it was like, then COVID happened. And now I hear that, you know, they may be going on strike for certain things. There's just yeah, like yeah. a lot of things that have happened where, you know, it already takes so much to make a film. And then you throw in all of the other things and you're at some point you just say, you know what, maybe it's not meant to be at this point in time. But, no, I, I, mean, but I will say I've, I, cause I've reviewed the film now on the podcast and for a low budget film, I, you know, it's like you actually, uh, I, you're very charismatic on screen. Like, it's not like, I'm like, Oh good. And I know you just did, well, it's not called Axis Sally anymore, but um, uh, American Trader. Like you're you're working with people like Al Pacino. You're working with people like I mean, like uh, you know the Irish band. You were you know Martin Scorsese supposedly said he watches Vanderpump Rules. I mean that kind of is rarefied air in terms of uh, I mean just like that's like for any kind of actor that's like pinch me stuff. You know it really is, and you know it's funny because people will always say you know she books these films because her fiance is producing them. And I completely get that. But I've always said that someone always can open the door for you. It is your job to then take over the whole damn house, right? So I begged him to let me audition for that part um, opposite Al Pacino. And I remember this goes back to when you said things not ever being good enough and always wanting more. I remember Al said to me, you're a really great actress. And, you know, I thought like, oh, thank you so much. And he grabbed my arm and said, no, I, I mean it. You are really great. And I lived with that for a moment. And then I was like, okay, we have to let that go now. What is next? <laughs> Something that I would dream about and say, if that happened to me, oh. I'm I happy. It's never good enough. No, it really, I mean, it really, uh, there, but it, it's just funny. Uh, I love what you say though. It's like, you know, people can open the door. Like I, I live for having connections. I wouldn't have like, I, you know, I, I booked a part on the office because of a connection, how I met your mother because of a connection, but you do have to show up and do the work. If right. you show up and you suck, you don't continue on. You're not get, like, but LA, it's just, that's how it works. You have to like have some sort of in, do you know how impossible it is in this town to even get an audition? That's why what I talked about with Rand meant so much is because or Randall, sorry, I'm calling him Rand. Like you do. Um, right. Is that, is that, it's really hard to get an audition and to offer 90 actors in a room an audition. Like that's an opportunity. And those that are so far and few between in Los Angeles, it's not this kind of really snow white, like beautiful Los Angeles, la la land. It's like really hard work out here. It's very hard work. It's super intimidating. You move here with a dream and you, you have this vision of what it's going to be like and it is a grind. It's exhausting. Yes, and you, grind, yeah. you have to sit here and say, how long am I willing to be unhappy in order for this to happen for me? Yeah. You know? And when people say I decided to move and, and not do it anymore, I get it. I'm like, yeah. I 100% understand. And you know, I like to use Kylie Jenner as the prime example of what it's like to like take over the house. People love to say, well, she comes from this family. It's like, well, I know a lot of people that come from great families and they aren't running billion dollar companies. So it, it really is. If someone offers to open a door for you, you take the it, ball, that the ball is in your court now and you better show up and make things happen.
Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing. Like if you suck, that'll come through as well. Like you gotta be, you know, and that's sometimes like, uh, I always pray for, and you see this with a lot of, I mean, it's funny, like even at that acting studio I worked at, all the Vanderpump people had come through there because they were all trying to be actors. You had Schwartz and Sandoval and Ariana. They had all been students there way before the show because it's all trying to make things happen. And I'm like, that's why Vanderpump Rules is such an interesting microcosm, because it's lightning in a bottle. Like, how did this even happen? Like, and you had those first seasons that were so magical because everybody actually knew each other. And then you and James came in and it was still magical. And it kind of bucked the trend of you can add new people in and actually care about their stories. In your opinion, do we get that this season? Do we get, I mean, cause there might've been a little bit of a misstep in casting, I think the season before and yeah. who knows, I mean, do we get that magic in your opinion? Are you even allowed to say your opinion on that? Yes, I am. And I, I'm so glad you asked that because I feel you're absolutely correct. This show has been, people have tried to recreate it like with the Abbey on E. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think last season there was, there was maybe some miscommunication. I don't know what happened, but People are invested in the story of these people they've been watching for eight years. And we are finally season nine, even though it looks different and we've lost some really incredible people. We're back to the roots. We're back to this group that we have a lot of strong personalities. There's not many new people. The, The newest person I would say would be Charlie. And even your, you guys are familiar with her because she was there last season. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it just feels like we're back to normal. Yeah, well, I mean, that's good because it really is. That's when it is to me the best reality show in history of reality shows. But that's why I want it to keep going. But I want it to kind of like, can it refine like its footing and it be fun and and but at the same time meaningful. And yeah. there is like this interesting thing of like, you know, and they show that in the first preview of uh, you with Ocean and, you know, and then going right into the fighting. And it's going to be really interesting. In fact, I mean, just at a purely comic level is that I'm dying to see Sheena with her baby because that's like, I mean, that's the most Sheena thing that you could possibly ever I mean, Sheena with her baby that she's wanted for so long, like I can just like already being like a stage mom, like I already have these fantasies of what that's going to be like. uh, And I'm really excited for that. It's it is exciting. And we we all are in a group message and we watched the episode and all of us were like, oh, my gosh, even though we fight like cats and dogs and it's very dysfunctional, like those people are my family members. And, you know, we'll even though we fight and then we make up, we're, we're so, um, we're so passionate is what I'll call it. We're so passionate about our feelings that, and we, we don't know how to shut up. We have to voice every single feeling that we've ever had. And that's what makes our group amazing. Um, it it's without giving too much away, Sheena and I definitely have had a rough patch, but I was watching her talk about how she was freezing her eggs last season and how she never thought she would be here at 35 years old. Watching that and knowing where she is now is so amazing and incredible. And I'm so happy for her. And I think the babies being added in is going to be really fun for people to watch. It's a completely different dynamic. 
does she sing good as gold to her baby? Do you know if there's any, and do you, and by the way, do you sing uh, boy to ocean? Like, I mean, do we get any of those moments? You know, I don't sing boy to ocean because I <laughs> hear those lyrics. <laughs> but like I said, we usually only get the episode maybe like a day before everyone else does. So I don't know what the season looks like. I can only hope that Sheena sings good as gold. Uh, really. uh, I, I think I've got eight more minutes with you and I want to, I have like a billion questions. So I'm just going to try to rapid fire a little bit. Um, uh, do you ever get jealous that Jack seems in love with your, your, your guy? He seems like he's literally in love with Randall. They, they seem like they're in love with each other and I fully support it. I'm like, take him off my hands, please <laughs> go for it. I think Brittany and I are both like, go, go do your thing. Brittany and I will chill. I'm Jack's, cool. re- Jack's really lights up around Randall. It seems like he really, he, he's always lights up when I see him with Randall. They're both like the, they're, they both light up when they see each other. <laughs> like, a five-year-old to see their best friend at the park. <laughs> um, you, you spoke about like, we did lose a lot of cast members and that's got to be weird coming in because they were kind of integral in certain ways of the history of the show. Are there any, cause I was like, how hard is it to do these party scenes and not have them like, are they in the background ever? Do we ever like get a see a pop up like of Stasi or something? Or is it just, I mean, cause it, I, how, I mean, I, I feel like I know you guys really are friends with these people. Yeah. That's what was so hard is we go to film a show, but then, you know, they're really a part of our lives and they don't make any appearances. There may be some flashbacks where you'll see them, but No, any parties that were had, they were not there. And that was definitely difficult, especially when I had my Give Them Lala beauty party and some of the most important people in my life who have supported me through so much aren't there. It is strange. Were you nervous about the show not coming back when all of that stuff went down? Because, you know, when all of that stuff and, and, you know, uh, there's a lot of arguments to be had about that. And that's, this is not, we're not doing that right now, but were you like, well, that's the end of the show. Like, that's it. Like, uh, you know, when everybody started getting let go. I think because we were in a pandemic and everyone was getting let go. And like, we, we didn't even know if we were coming back, take, take them being let go out of it. We had no idea because this pandemic was pushing everything back so much. And Luckily for me, I, I started to give them Lala brand a long time ago. So I had, I, my focuses were still in other things. And I just felt like if it comes back great, if it doesn't, I just feel like it it wasn't meant to be back. Like our path had ended. So I was surprisingly okay about it. But but you still feel good about what was filmed. You feel like that is getting back to the grassroots. So you are happy with this season, which I think that that's what you said, which I'm really enthused that you said that. Once we, they, they called me on like a Tuesday or Thursday or whatever it may have been. I was like days from giving birth. And they said, we want to film you before you give birth. I said, I'm giving, I'm going into labor on Sunday. So you're going to need to get this popping then so they picked up cameras on a friday to shoot me and sheena pregnant oh yeah i saw that yeah yeah once we got that green light i was in it to win it i was like this we're back i feel like myself again and there was so much that had happened over that year and a half that we weren't filming that i was i was having a little bit of anxiety i was like this is gonna be a very intense season and it is like that teaser that you guys have seen yeah 
you guys don't even know what is to come. Oh, that's that's I love that's the that's that's what we want. And I, that's what I want to get people pumped, because when you're gone for that long, you guys had this huge hiatus. And it's like I want everybody to realize like a juggernaut is back. Give it the respect that it needs, because we're in Real Housewives of Beverly Hills land right now where everybody's obsessed with that and right. Salt Lake and all of this good stuff, which, by the way, it was great to see you pop up in an episode of Salt Lake. Um, but it's I, I just I really want this show to be uh, a real big success this season uh is there any truth to the rumors that ocean is the cutest vanderpump baby is that uh have you I heard? Guess, of course i think she's the cutest vanderpump baby but i'm also her mom so. okay well no that's what i just i knew there were rumors going around that she was the cutest and i just wanted to set the record straight well, i i love that rumor yeah well no this is this is going to be the daily mail pull quote like this is yeah. there's a rumor going around that ocean's yeah. the cutest baby Lala Ken thinks her baby is cute. <laughs> she, she throws down a gauntlet. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, Lala Kent, um, also the the November 30th, I think you can get uh, tickets at givethemlala.com. Uh, give we all, givethemlive.com is where get you them can live. Yes. Um, and DJ James Kennedy is going to be joining for a couple dates. Jackson Brittany will be joining for a couple dates, I believe. Is that right? Yes. Yes, we have James and Raquel for all of the Texas states. And then we have Jackson Brittany for all of the Florida dates. And then we also have surprises popping up. Are you nervous? Yes, I'm nervous. I'm like, okay. I'm very nervous. You know, <laughs> I don't um, even have birthday parties because I'm nervous no one will show up. So that's yeah. what I would be so scared. Like I would be so scared to throw a party and then nobody would like, but I, I think it'll go great. Everybody actually, and Randall wasn't in the preview. Is he in this season? He is. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. Good. I just, I got nervous when I didn't see him in the preview. Uh, and finally my, my friend Medita Lopez has now kept midnight in the switchgrass for 30 days on a red box and she keeps forgetting to turn it in. Is there any way Randall can kind of pull some kind of thing? Cause I think she owes like $300 now for midnight no in the switchgrass from red box. She keeps uh, forgetting to turn it back in. So let Randall know that, uh, expect a royalty check from, from her specifically. Um, Thank you for spending so much time today. This has been, you were just as funny and delightful as uh, as I thought you would be. Um, guys, the podcast, Give Them Lala with Randall, the tour, the makeup lines. Is there any way a So Bad It's Good palette can come out at any time? Is there? That's actually such a cute name, and I'm going to put that in my notes. Oh, hell yes. Um, and Vanderpump Rules premieres tonight, you guys. Uh, go support Lala. Go support the cast. And uh, I hope you'll come on again in a couple of years or, or down the line at all, because uh, you just really are endlessly fascinating. So I really appreciate it. You know where to find me. I would love to come back anytime. Wait, you, you'll give me your address? <laughs> sure. I'll give you <laughs> which bedroom I'm sleeping in. Perfect. The code to the, the... Yes. You, you Can are. I be a Manny? That'd be great. Okay. Thanks, Lala. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you to our sponsor, Hulu. Their new reality series, Vanderpump Villa, is an unfiltered portrait of what it is like to work in the glamorous French countryside while striving to impress Lisa Vanderpump. As guests arrive for their lavish vacation, the Vanderpump Villa staff are pushed to their limits, ready to cater to every whim, all the while dealing with rivalry, romance, and misadventures. Watch new episodes of Vanderpump Villa every Monday, now on Hulu. Betches.